You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, Minor Talk is live. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Oh, what a tough one tonight. Battle of I-10, New Mexico State dominates UTEP 95-70. 25-point loss for the Miners. That is now 11 straight victories for the Aggies in uh, the Pan Am Center. That's that's a, a staggering uh, statistic to lead off the show right there. But let's just be honest right now. When we're talking about this rivalry, New Mexico State has dominated his re- out of recent years. And UTEP got the first one this year. They got they got win number one against the Aggies in this, in this uh, season. And that was back on November 12th. Uh, the two teams look very different uh, from what we saw tonight. And for NMSU, they were at a crossroads of their season. They had uh, all the off-the-court issues that hit them before uh, they went to Las Vegas last weekend. They um, do not have their forward in Mike Peek for obvious reasons. He was uh, shot. It was the uh, incident that happened out at New Mexico. We've hashed this out time and time again. Um, But New Mexico State played today like they had no distractions with them. UTEP, on the other hand, played today like they had all the distractions their way. They did not look focused, uh, very disappointed in how they looked offensively. The defensive side was the most alarming, right? Because you allow 95 points when you uh, pride yourself on defense. Um, I'll Okay, I'll reel this back a little bit and say, the fact that they had Anthony Roy today and playing the way he's been playing, that is a spark. UTEP didn't have uh, Otis Frazier the third play extended minutes in this one. He only played seven minutes, including five minutes in the first half, se- uh, two minutes in the second. And I felt like the Miners needed Otis Frazier tonight. They needed just something else because what was working for them, or uh, what what they had tonight, wasn't working. Um, I like Mario McKinney. I like him a lot. I don't blame him for this one whatsoever. Uh, I think he was probably the one bright spot you could think of for the Miners. Uh, but other than that, it was just such a struggle for this team all throughout the night. Sal, it was an utter, utter domination by New Mexico State. Yeah, it was uh, the perfect bounce back game for New Mexico State, right? Big rival in-house, especially after um, after the first game when you, you came out flat. And it, I want to say it was almost a, you know, a 180 for both teams, uh, but New Mexico State just far more dominant in this one than the Miners were, obviously, in what wound up to be a three-point. If I had to give it a, a range, I'd say maybe like an eight, nine-point win when we really think about it, but still, though, 25 is way yeah. more than that. It, it wasn't even close. I kept thinking, and I kept t- telling you, Sal, oh, this is going to be like maybe a 10-point game. Maybe it's like a, a single-digit game at one point, but no. I yeah. mean, e- even when the uh, Miners started cutting it close in the second half, it really wasn't close. The first half, they hung in a little bit. It was back and forth, wire-to-wire, great college basketball. And then uh, New Mexico State, the shot started falling. Defense did not get back on tr- in transition for the Miners, and, uh, you know, the the Aggies just feasted. They, it was Muhammad down low uh, with 15 points. Pinson had 18 in this game. Roy off the bench with 23. Deshondre Washington with 10. Uh, it, it was like whoever the Aggies wanted to to uh, dish it out to, uh, chances were they were actually going to score. But Anthony Roy, 23 points in 20 minutes. He fouled out 7 of 10 from the field. Uh, that guy's scary, Sal. Yeah, that was a ridiculous run. And, and the the most impressive part is that it spanned, you know, uh, over halftime. It wasn't just like, hey, this guy's on fire, heat check, put it up, see if it falls in. 
these were legit plays. Like, he's yep. an actual playmaker. I mean, he's taking advantage of the open shots, don't get me wrong, but he had some moves and some good buckets on his end. So that guy, man, he, Aggie's got something special in Anthony Roy for sure. Hey, our telephone number today, we'll get things started. It's 915-505-6009. You could also check us out on Twitter, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, that's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A lot of minor fans very disappointed tonight, understandably so. Uh, Coach Joe Golding took a lot of accountability after the game, saying this was on him. Uh, I, do, I really did not like the in-game adjustments, if you could call any in-game adjustments from this one. Uh, I felt like the Miners uh, got called for way too many ticky tack fouls, but at some point you got to put the blame on the Miners. They can't yeah. fall into those, uh, you know, those things that they've been doing. I, I kind of feel like last week took a lot out of this group, but that still doesn't excuse them for going on the road and only, you know, and allowing 95 points, a whopping 95 points against New Mexico State. Uh, offensively, this team is just really, really struggling. I, I, I think the ceiling for this team offensively has to involve Otis Frazier yeah. in the mix because when they don't have Otis Frazier, we're seeing it now, and it's a kind of a repeated issue. We're seeing that without Otis Frazier, uh, this team can only go so far, and um, some of the guards struggled tonight. Some of the front court struggled tonight. It just was an overall bad game by the Miners, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see how they respond. I, I know that this is early on into the season, so you could say conversely, hey, the Miners are at this point right now, but they do not not have to panic because it's so early. This is a point where they could turn the corner. I found one thing very interesting that Joe Golding said in his postgame interview. He did say that after the Charlotte loss last year, that's where they felt like they turned the corner. That's where they felt like that they uh, were able to kind of find themselves. And he is already citing the site of the Charlotte game from last year as to the New Mexico State game this year. He thinks that this could be a game in which the Miners go back, um, lock back down, uh, regroup and then actually improve a lot more out of this. They, they, he thinks that this is that turning point type of game that the Miners need. Uh, but the bottom line, Sal, I think that they overlooked how difficult it would be to win on the road in this kind of environment, and UTEP's yeah. going to have to learn how to do that. Yeah, you can't be overconfident at any point in the season because also at the same time, what are you defending? Right, you, exactly. You know what I mean, whenever there's confidence, it's kind of like, hey, you got to go out there and and defend what's yours. But other than that, they haven't won over there. That's that's foreign territory when it comes to uh to wins and the miners. You know, within uh within the better part of what a decade plus. So that's a that's one of the tougher places to play. But even then, too, that's one of the better teams that you're going to face all year. That's one that you got to rise up to the occasion for. And guess what? Out of there's potentially three matches, right? But let's just say that third match didn't exist. You didn't get up for both of them. You just got up for one. To be a really, really good team, you got to stand up for both those games. Yeah, and just to piggyback off what you you alluded to, Sal, it's the West Star Bank Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational coming up late December. That could be the rubber match. That could be the time where we see New Mexico State and UTEP play. Now, NMSU has Kent State in the first round. Kent State, we've talked about them a lot on this show. If you've listened to Minor Talk, they are one of the best mid-major basketball teams out right now. So if New Mexico State were to beat Kent State and advance to the championship round, 
round, assuming that UTEP can beat North Carolina A&T, who are, that, that's not a bad team whatsoever right there. So assuming UTEP could beat that team, UTEP could play NMSU in the third game, the rubber match, the decider of them all, at the Don Haskins Center on Thursday, December 22nd. That uh, Mark your calendars right now. That is something to really keep in mind for the future. But in the near future... Next Saturday, the Miners have DePaul on the road. That is yeah. that's a game I'm already cir- circling right now. DePaul is a school who is four and three right now. They are ranked 102 by Ken Palm. Um, they beat Minnesota out of the Big Ten, 69-53. They have losses to the likes of Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. They just beat Samford in overtime, uh, 103-98. Samford, by the way, that's a that's a winning program as well. Uh, you looked at what what the Bulldogs did last year. They actually went to the um, you know you know they they had a lot of success in the Southern Conference tournament and uh, they're a really strong team as well. So uh, nonetheless, uh, DePaul is coming to uh, actually UTEP is going over there to Chicago to face DePaul. That's coming up next Saturday, and the Miners have to be prepared for that. Hey, uh, let's open up the phone lines right now. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number. We got Zay, we got Robert to get to real quick to Twitter. Chi Town Miner tweets us. Well. We got blown out and brought back and got brought back down to earth here. To be fair, though, New Mexico State said it was a must-win after losing the first UTEP game, and the Miners just finished a brutal three-game stretch. Hopefully, we see a rubber match in El Paso in December. What do you think, Sal? Yeah, that's what the people want, right? And, and the best part about it is both teams have to earn that game against one another, right? You look at the way it kind of sets up. So you talked about that brutal three-game stretch. Well, hey, the Miners are going to have to be in a dogfight just to get to the the promised land. Same as New Mexico State. So it's not not set in stone yet. But we're going to find out a lot about both teams in that potential, um, let's just say in that route to the potential match. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Hey, real quick, before we get to Zay, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. We've got one line available, 915-505-6009. Zay, our intern, joins us first on the phone lines to get things started. Zay, what's going on, man? What would you think of this one? It was a tough one for a lot of minor fans. Uh, yeah, I couldn't really catch most of the game, but um, it, they just looked like they got outworked this game. And when you're UTEP, you're going against, you know, I'm going to say NMSU is a far more talented team. I don't think that's any, you know, disrespect towards UTEP. NMSU is a talented team, but – um. UTEP just looked like they got out of work today. You know what? You said something very interesting that I even told Sal earlier today. I feel like NMSU is a more talented team when you just look at the two right there. I just, I would kind of, um, I would equate this to how UTEP was the more talented team back in 2019, but the Aggies might have been the better team overall. And they, they both split the series that year. It was 1 1. This year, this time around, UTEP might be the better team, although some people might argue after this drubbing tonight, UTEP might be the better team, yet uh, the Aggies are far more talented. What, what do you think, Sal? You know what? I, I think the best way to put it is, and just as we talked about, too, if you got to count on one of the teams to 
to make the most out of your average, you know, when it comes to each player, you can rely on that. Uh, when You can rely on UTEP more when it comes to that. But if you got to count on two, three guys to have a burst, and I know it's, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite for saying that because UTEP did have um, two guys going for 22-plus. For but when you look at the Aggies, though, you could get an incredible run, uh, you know, just a, just a blazing six, seven minutes in a row or beyond from Roy. Pinson was lethal. And then Muhammad was really that go-to guy. And guess what? Washington is, a, is if you want to go about the low stars, I guess he could go there. But this guy is still with 10 points, and he's their do-it-all guy. Yeah, and that's a really deep team. That's just the bottom line right there, Sal. That's exactly what you were saying right there. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Zay, before I let you go, let me ask you this. Where do the Miners go from here, in your opinion? Uh, I think they're going to rebound. I mean, we know this team. We know Joe Golding. He's probably not happy about the way this one went. So I think they're going to look it over. And they're going to get that. They're, they're going to turn around. They're going to be just fine. You know, DePaul barely squeaked out against Samford, who who lost to an NAIA school just mm. a couple weeks ago. So, okay, okay. Um, yeah, they have a chance. They have a shot against DePaul. Wow, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, they lost to UT Southern. Very correct right there, Zay. Zay, real quick, what do you think of the women's basketball score? I mean, conversely, the men fall in this one big time, but the women get a huge win, 65-61. It seemed like a dogfight just back and forth. Yeah, that one was nice. You know, we saw the the classic UTEP. They went down eight zero early, but they responded with the fourteen zero run. They had the they had the lead for most of the game towards the end, and the Aggies came storming back and made it a game with about five minutes left in this one. And from there, it was just back and forth until the Miners were able to hit a couple free throws and ice this one. Nice, nice, good stuff, Zay. Hey, we'll talk to you soon, man. Uh, really appreciate the phone call. You have a great night. Okay. You too. All right, that's Zay, our intern, joining us here on the phone lines as we continue. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Before we get to Robert, just want to mention we do have a, a line available. Let's get to Twitter real quick. This coming from Tristan Pence, our man. M. Tristan Pence, by the way. Uh, NMSU has a new coaching staff and 16 new players, and clearly we're better prepared for tonight's rivalry game. It's also concerning to see the difference in talent between NMSU and UTEP. Coach Golding needs to do a better job of coaching and recruiting, period. Hashtag Minor Talk. Um, what do you think about the recruiting part? Well, the recruiting part is um, they they have some pretty good pieces you know, on their roster, it's still early in the season. To I put, agree to put that entire grade on, but another thing you got to consider is um, is the connections that um, that um, Coach Hire has. You know, not to say uh, they have it better or anything like that, or or to give it a cop out, but that's something special with that Chicago connection. The four guys on their roster, you know, so there's just something brewing. And then also, you got to look at it like this: New Mexico State is coming off of a tournament win. They're a consistent tournament team. If you're looking at it recently, New Mexico State has more to offer than the Miners just based off of that postseason success. You know, you're you're exactly right. NMSU also had a lot to build off of with kind of that fuel that they had off the off all the drama that went around them. Uh, we've hashed that out plenty of times. No need to dish it out again, although we could definitely talk about that if you'd like to. Uh, Rip City Trades tweets the show. Tough, ba- uh, tough pass week for UTEP. Bull hopes destroyed in San Antonio and a blowout against your rival against New Mexico State. Hashtag minor talk. Adrian, time for Christmas movies. Uh, no, man, not yet. Not yet. Uh, 
Let's keep it moving. We, we, we have exactly an hour and 51 minutes because it's still November 30th. There you go. I like that, Sal. <laughs> uh, CK Milestone Photo. UTEP has regressed. Same old UTEP. Hashtag pathetic. UTEP is better than this. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I've, Again, too early to say. I would just say that uh, way too early to say if they've regressed. Uh, I don't think that it's that low yet, CK Milestone. Uh, I will say that it's uh, same old UTEP as of late. As far as losing in the Pan Am Center, they just can't get over that hump, and that uh, that's a that's a problem right now. Let's go to Robert, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine, and then we'll get to Minetto. Robert, what's going on, my man? How are you? Um, I'm doing good, man. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I've I've gone to this game in the Pan Am Center, you know, the past couple years, and um, I just think that why well, new why UTEP hasn't won on that court is I, I don't think UTEP, the university, the players, the coaches, the city, I don't think they treat it like a rivalry like New Mexico State does. I think New Mexico State treats it like a rivalry with the student section, the promotion, the way the fans show out, how rowdy it gets, even the chance, like the F. You know, I'm not gonna say it, but the F UTEP chance that I was hearing, um, they it feels like a rivalry game when it's over there. When it's at UTEP, there's yes, there's a little more people, but it doesn't feel like UTEP gets up for that game, which is why when it's at UTEP, UTEP might pull it out, but it's still fairly competitive and when it's in Las Cruces, I mean you might as well just bet your house on the Aggies because they're going to fold UTEP. And that's why that's my theory on, on why um, UTEP can't win on that court. It's because that school, that city treats it like a rivalry, and El Paso just treats it like another game. But um, you know that that's an interesting point. I haven't heard that. I hadn't heard that, Rob. That you know, Las Cruces kind of feels a little different about this rivalry right here. And I, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. The way that their fans came out today, they were rabid. I, I got texts from my future mother-in-law. I mean, sending me photos of the the crowd, telling me how loud it was. You know, I feel like UTEP in the rivalry game when they're at home against New Mexico State. And again, no knock to the crowd. I just felt like they're it's tense. It's a more of a tense feeling instead of a rowdy. You know. Uh, a crowd that's just riled up and, and just going to be screaming no matter what. They're loud, sure, they're loud, but it's a more tense atmosphere versus NMSU. It's just un—it's uh, just like uncharacteristically loud all the time, no matter what. And you know what? Uh, my brother, who uh, you know, he lives in Las Vegas now, and he's uh, <clears throat> he could he could talk about the and my dad as well. You know, they they went to the New Mexico State UNLV games in the nineties. You know, and they'll tell you till this day that the atmosphere is better over there for whatever reason. Wow. Um, wow. And they're UTEP fans. They're UTEP fans. Sure. And they, they they always tell you, they always, they've always told me that. That's always been kind of a, I guess, a fact in their minds. But I, I've kind of come to that conclusion the last three or four years I've been up to the the Pan American Center. Um, that, that they just get up for this rivalry more than UTEP does. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, that's it's their Super Bowl, I guess. So I don't, I don't put too much uh, into, you know, how the season's going to play out, all that, because there's still a lot to be seen. But I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't really buy into that UTEP played a lot of games last week because 
I mean, what was the last game they played Friday, and it's Wednesday now? Yeah, I mean, but, no, I don't, I don't buy that one either. I mean, come on, look, they were emotional it. games, Rob. They were emotional loss. I mean, there were emotional wins for the Miners, but I expected them to come out way better than they did tonight. Tonight was was disappointing on all cylinders. And uh, hey, I appreciate the phone call, Rob. I got to keep moving on. Uh, I I get your point. I get I get exactly where you're going with the, the this one. And um, you know, you're not putting too much stock into this game, so that's where Rob stands. I think a couple other minor fans feel the same way um you know move on from this one learn from what you can uh this rivalry it, it's it's kind of interesting when you just put it into perspective and what las cruces brings to the table uh but rob you know he's kind of looking at it like hey uh nmsu treats it like a super bowl utep's got a whole season ahead of them let's go to the phones let's keep it moving and minetto is next and then we'll go back to twitter a little bit uh 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number we've got a one line available 915-505-6009 Minetto, what's going on? Good evening, my friend. What's going on, Mr. Adrian and Sal? Um, we're hanging in. We're doing fine, Minetto. What do you think of this game? Definitely. Well, one of the things is I think Golding took responsibility for the game today. Mm. I was expecting for, you know, making a halftime adjustments. Uh, you know, it, it was very difficult because I did not see any. Um, so, you know, this one falls on him. Um, the other thing is, you know, uh, you know, their crowd was great tonight. Uh, we have some NMSU fans that have, you know, admitted that we were, you know, there was ticky-tacky calls. You know, they got our big man in, in trouble early. Um, we have to learn to play in that atmosphere and win on the road. Um, I don't know why people are starting to even think about panicking. We're still in the right, we're heading in the right direction. Um, if anyone or any UTEP fan thought that NMSU is not a good team, um, you know, they, they just needed to start clicking. Uh, but, you know, I'm still happy with what I saw, and I'm looking forward to Golding uh, making a lot of adjustments. Uh, you know, the players can can do so much, but these reps, you know, they, they had it in for us, and, and Golding uh, needs to, and he will, uh, make adjustments for the next games. Okay, Mineto. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, my friend. You take care. You have a great night, okay? You too, sir. All right, that's Minetto joining us next on the phones as we continue. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I know that a lot of fans were really upset at the at the fouls. I just I'll just say this: no excuse for allowing ninety five points. You can you, yeah. you can get mad at the fouls. You can get mad here and there, but uh, that does fall on the coaching staff. I agreed on what Minetto said. There falls on the coach. Uh, Joe Golding took accountability. They've got to be better after this. Yeah, and I, I don't want to buy too much stock into the the referee stuff because if if we're gonna play the free throw game, Miner still shot seven more free throws. <laughs> There you go. And the Aggies did. So, I mean, the, the refs aren't the reason for all 15 of the turnovers. It was just, a, you know, they got out-hustled and out-muscled tonight. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. This uh, going to, uh, let, let's go to Adrian at Enemy Win 3. UTEP looked tired on offense. It seemed like as if they spend so much energy on defense that they don't have the legs to score on offense. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, another one coming in. This is from CK Milestone Photo. Uh, terrible rotations by coach, uh, coach Joe Golding. Not great lineups. Doesn't like to use the big men. Not so good at not so good UTEP. Hashtag minor talk. Why does this always happen? Um, you know the the rotations. I just feel like nothing was working. Like how can the rotations work when your whole team is just not playing very well? So like that's what I would say uh, as well. Jonathan Byers with the tweet. Uh, not surprised. Otis Frazier sucked tonight. Um, that's what he said. And look, Jonathan, he's hurt. 
I, are you really going to take a personal shot on somebody who's hurt? Um, Joe Golding said before the game even started two days ago that he was uh, Otis Frazier was a little banged up, wasn't sure if he was going to even play today. He was questionable all the way leading up to it. Uh, warm-ups, he looked okay, only played five minutes in the first half. How are you supposed to do anything in five minutes or in two minutes in the second half? Otis Frazier simply didn't play enough time. Uh, I don't want to hear anything negative about him because we didn't see anything. He's trying to work himself back from an injury. Uh, speaking of injury, Jonathan Dosanjos is, is uh, working his way back. That'd be a huge addition to UTEP if they can get it. Uh, we talk about a little bit of lack of talent for the Miners, although they've been able to supplement that with their good defense. That is that could change with uh, getting Do- Jonathan DeSanchez back um, in the mix if they do. So uh, let's keep it going. Let's go to the phones. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. This coming in from uh, George. George is next on the phone lines. Hey, George, good evening, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up? What's up, Adrian? Uh, you know, I was enjoying uh, – I was back and forth enjoying the game with the girls, but uh was pretty disappointed on, on how flat the minors were. Uh, I think, like, one of the callers just said, you know, thinking back, you know, that, I mean, I think uh, Las Cruces is more invested in it, in this rivalry, more than we are, because I can see the difference uh, when they played here. And we're not, I don't think we're that uh, out for the jugular as they are. I think they're more invested in, in, in this rivalry thing. But, I mean, going back to the to the minors, I mean, honestly, they they are – Less talented because you know everything was falling for for NMSU and I don't I don't uh, take anything away from them. They have some four star athletes. They're great. I mean, I just think UTEP uh, expended a lot of their energy last week and not to make excuses. I mean, you you got to come out and play and, and especially with the rivalry, you got to come out and play and you gotta you gotta show out and you know it, it's it's a learning experience and. They're going to build off of this, and and hopefully they can they can take chalk it up as experience and and show resiliency and move on from there. And you know, I just see positives on on all ends. That this team can only go and get better. You know, that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I think so too, George. This is kind of like the floor, right? I, I think you hit it right on the head. This is kind of like the floor of the, the team because allowing 95 points right there, I really don't see that happening again. Although some people might combat that and say, well, this team might not be, uh, they might struggle when it comes to road games. They might struggle when it comes to scoring. And when the scoring's not working, maybe their defense crumbles. But I don't buy that. I, I agree with what you said there about the Las Cruces fans. We, we kind of hashed that out as well. Uh, great phone call, George. It's great to hear from you. I really appreciate the phone call. Let's keep it moving. We got a couple calls to burn through. Uh, our telephone number 915-505-6009. We'll hold off on Twitter right now. Uh, let's get through some calls. A lot of people want to get in on this game. 915-505-6009. Mike is joining us next on the phone lines as we continue. Mike, what's going on? Good evening. Just getting back from the game. I got to say first of all, hats off to the crowd. A lot of people have commented on that. The NMSC crowd is one of the best uh, and they are better than the UTEP crowd. I hate to say it, but that's just a fact. Okay. Uh, um, well, give me give me some of the reasons, or give me some of the uh, examples, because I'm just curious. I wasn't there. We've got an older, loyal crowd that's a little quieter, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, we don't get the student input that they do up there. There are a lot more students in, in the Pan Am tonight. Um one uh, one thing I wanted to comment on, though, and, and people have mentioned that the bigs don't get to play enough. Uh, Kalu and um, um, 
I just forgot the Yeah, Onyema, uh-huh. No, not Onyema. Oh, Hamilton, the, Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton steps on the court and gets a foul for breathing or something, and they pull him right off the court. I, if that's what they're going to do as a big man, why don't they just put him out there and tell him, we're not going to pull you out of the game until you get four fouls. Go out there and, and play for a while. Get, get a little sweaty. But they're not going to learn anything when they get set down on the bench like that. It's just it's maddening. And also, why don't we drive the ball at people like Roy or uh, Pinson when they're tearing us apart? Don't drive the ball to the basket. Drive it to them and make them get in foul trouble. This has been like a UTEP curse for decades, it seems like. Um, I, I, I don't quite understand why we don't do that. I'll leave it You at know, that. that's an interesting Thanks. point, Mike. And, hey, I really appreciate the phone call. Uh, you know, to, for one of your points right there about the bigs, uh, I, I would just say this. As far as using Derek Hamilton, not using Derek Hamilton, I, I think that's just going to be a, a – maybe they have a short leash on him now because they see something in practice that we don't see. And I get your frustrations. You want more out of the bigs. Uh, my frustrations with the bigs come with, uh, you know, char- uncharacteristic fouls. That's where my issues come with the bigs. At times, and uh, with the bigs, I think they're going to only get better. I really do. I think that the bigs will come along, uh, including Derek Hamilton, but those guys are going to have to fight for minutes. I think that's the bottom line right there. They're going to really have to fight for all the minutes that they can. Uh, your description on the New Mexico fans was really interesting, so I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks again, Mike. Uh, really appreciate the phone call. Let's keep it moving. Adam's joining us next. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Adam, good evening, my friend. What's going on? How's it going, guys? We're hanging in, Adam. Did you go to the game? Went to the game. Um, definitely, you know, just some glaring factors is given, you know, I'm just, I'm not with it. Um, I'm not comfortable with his ball handling. I don't like the way he dribbles himself into some situations that he just has no business being in, putting the team in bad spots, um, bad passing. Um, I'm just, I'm not happy with him. I, you know, mm. I, I really, you know, when, uh, when Tay Hardy or when Mario McKinney have the ball, they look more comfortable at point guard and the game flows a lot better than, you know, when, when he's controlling. Aside from Givens, uh, super disappointed in, um, Sibley, super disappointed in Solomon. They're length, they're tall, they got long arms. And, um, I mean, Solomon gets beat off the dribble very easily. Um, don't really see. I mean, I hate to say this, but I really don't see any effort out of him. And Sibley, you know, like I've said in the past, he looks half asleep most of the game. And and I I don't know what it is. I mean, he literally looks like somebody just woke him up out of bed and just put him on the basketball court, and he's just kind of there. And so just because he has the physical attributes. I mean, I, I like to see what Kevin Kalu and, and Onyema can do on the court together because I really don't think Solomon should be starting. Um, and I really don't think Sibley deserves the minutes that he's getting right now. I mean, last year at the end of the year, this guy was hitting some mid-range jumpers, going to the basket, driving. I mean, uh, I've seen a regression in him. Um, so, you know, there's a three, 
three players that I want to call out right there. Okay, well, well, Adam, um, I'm not going to let you go just yet. I'm just going to touch base on some of these players. Uh, I just want to say, well, well, real quick, I'll throw it back at you. Are are your frustrations for the whole seasons with the, with these guys, or is this just as of one game tonight in what you saw? No, no, no. This is this is for the whole season. I, I, I you know, I, I've not been very impressed with Sibley throughout the season. Uh, Solomon, I mean, great. He gets to the line, but especially you know when we get to those one and one, you know, if he misses the front end of the one and one. That's the same thing as a turnover. I mean, what good is he doing the offense missing all those free throws? And you know, sometimes you know you just see him uh, get beat off the dribble repeatedly. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he needs to just be put in a better position to do better, but um, I, I like the fight that he has in him, but there's just something that's just not clicking yet. And maybe it'll take some time to click, but, you know, we better wake up quick because conference is going to come and it's not going to get it any easier on the road. So, um, and then with Givens, you know, just, Everybody's waiting for him to wake up. You know, everybody, I feel like they had high expectations of him. I'm still waiting, and I hope he turns the corner. But as of right now, even with the ball in his hands, just dribbling it and distributing it, I'm not comfortable at all. And this is this is throughout the season. This isn't just a, a one-off today. Okay. All right, Adam. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, my friend. You uh, you take care. Be safe driving home, and uh, appreciate you chiming in on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. A lot of minor fans who are driving home uh, with uh, frustrated conversations, frustrated thoughts, uh, wanting to chime in on the show. We got a line ringing in here uh, at 915-505-6009. Um, you know, as far as Jamari Sibley, I'm just going to hit on the players that he mentioned real quick and then we'll keep him moving. We got a couple other calls to get to. Uh, you know, the other, you know, speaking of the, the players that he mentioned, uh, Jamari Sibley just seems, I've said it since day one, I'll say it again, it just seems a little passive, uh, even from last year, just a little passive. I want him to be more aggressive. Calvin Solomon, uh, I just think he had a bad game. This is a one-off. He's played well this year. I'm not, I'm not ready to write him off whatsoever. I'm not concerned with him. Uh, it's far as the free throw shooting sure yes he's got to get that bet he's got to get better at that uh, I'm not out on Calvin Solomon whatsoever I think he makes the team better uh Sal I I feel all right this is like the stock market right now uh oh Shamar Givens I bought in early like when when the price was level it, the the shams coin was zero okay the shams coin now is in the negative so I've lost some money off this uh off this investment and the Shams coin right now is at its lowest. Are you going to stay w- with this? And are you going to buy in now that it's low? Because I'm ready to buy in, man. I, I'm still not out on Shamar. I've seen it at practice. And uh, although it's not happened when the lights are on, and I think we've gotten so many callers who just call me out on this, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be the guy who takes him over the top, but nine points, eight assists. Uh, I'm just not ready to write him off on this team. And, and you know what, too, Adrian, is is part of that because they're five and two, or is it because the the sample size that you've seen is not big enough to really warrant that big of a change, right? They're only seven games into the season. We can really say uh, six games into the season, so we can exclude Sol Ross. So they're really four and two, but. Um, 
really six games into it against D1 competition, that's not enough for you to, to change your mind. Okay, thank you, Sal. Thank you. I, I think uh, that's the better way to say it. Well, I'm going to give a season average. I'm going to be very fair about this. Uh, he is shooting 32% from the field on three of seven shooting. He is 11% from beyond the arc, not hitting any free. Th- I mean, three-pointers from there. Uh, free throw line, that's where he's excelling. He's over uh, 75%, averaging three assists, averaging three rebounds, averaging about a steal and a half a game. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's go back to the phones right now. We got full lines, 915-505-6009. Ronnie is joining us next. Ronnie, thanks for waiting, my friend. What's going on? No problem. Um, I want to touch on Givens just real quick. Um, That stat line you just gave me and your optimism, you know what Givens reminds me of? What? Reminds me of Saucy's first year when we were waiting for him to turn the corner. That's exactly the stat line he would have. He was a below 30% shooter. He was below 20% from the three-point line. He'd have a game here and there. Would give you a flash here and there. He'd get to the free throw line, but he never quite in his UTEP career really, really, truly turned it on enough for either coaching staff, you know, entrusted him to to be what we thought he was gonna be. Um, Sal, Sal said I, this I, earlier. I, Sal, Sal said something I, like this earlier. I, yeah, I, I would I would say Givens is probably headed toward closer to that version uh, of, of of a minor career than 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 a JB or somebody else. Uh, but moving along though. This game was bound to happen, and it was bound to happen this way for two reasons, and two reasons that Golding and only Golding alone in the staff can fix. One, the Miners play way too many home games against subpar competition, man. So when you get into real games with real dudes, you can make no mistake about it, Xavier Pinson is a real dude. A real dude. Like, that guy is amazing. That guy's so good. He's the best player on the court. You see how composed he is? He doesn't get sped up. He doesn't get rushed. He doesn't get frustrated. Like, the thing that I didn't really like tonight from the Miners, and here's the second thing, too, that I've been harping on all season. And, Sal, I know you're a stat guy. The Miners are 239th in adjusted offense, man. We're talking about being on par with teams like Wagner, Brown, the Citadel. Give me a break. Even worse now, 288. Even worse. Yeah, bro. You're not beating teams when you're – you're not beating teams with real dudes on offense. If you notice what New Mexico State did, and this is where I'm upset with the minor players tonight, the play style tonight for New Mexico State was like they were at the playground, man. They were five out throwing no-look passes, throwing lobs. Like they were out there just literally saying to the minors, we know we're better than you, and so we're just going to spread you out. We're going to do whatever we want. We're going to shoot deep threes. We're gonna... It doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to make shots. We're going to pack it in, and we're going to go down. And we're like they just look like, they came to the game telling the Miners, we're better than you, and there's nothing you can do. And from a Golden team, a guy that hangs his hat on defense, man, those players got to play with more passion. Like, you're in a game, you should know when dudes are adamantly disrespecting you. Like, wait a minute, these guys are out here playing like there's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's nothing at stake here. These guys are just out here like it's a freaking inter-squad scrimmage of practice. You know? And so, I don't know, man. Like, I'm looking at this team, and I get that Golden – Builds his teams just like this. He doesn't want a dominant score like Sule Bull. He doesn't want an alpha male like Saucy because he can't reel those guys in. He would rather have more, uh, what do they say, strength in numbers. He would rather have more dudes that are 7 to 10 points a night and they're 8 to 9 deep, and I get it. But once again, when you play teams with real dudes, man, you're going to have to either really be defensive and lock in or you're going to have to try to go bucket for bucket because – Let's face it, man. This is Division One basketball, and some teams are just really good, and you're not going to be able to 
speed them up or, or pressure them like you, you know maybe you do with the Don. And I, I think this team is probably one. I would say this team is probably one elite score away, man. This team wow. really reminds me of this team. Really, the way they play, this team reminds me of La Tech. Take away Kenny Lofton. That's what they remind me of. Scrappy, you know, they do some things. They're going to win some games. The, 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 you know, they're they're, they're going to do. You know, they're going to hover above five hundred, but. Without an NBA type level dude, Bryson Williams, you know Kenny Lofton, cough cough, Sule Boom, uh, I don't know, man. Like you're probably looking at another CBI type team, you know, seventeen, eighteen wins maybe. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I look at DePaul. Down. I look at DePaul. Even they've got Umaja Gibson. That's somebody who killed UTEP just a couple of years ago. And if UTEP just yeah, got I mean, that that one play, you know, I, I yeah. hear where you're coming from. Like Jelly Walker with UAB, How, they've got to stop that guy. Like the the best player, they have to prove that they can be able to stop uh, a talented player like that. Because Alcorn State was also scrappy. Cal State Bakersfield, very scrappy team. Texas A and M Corpus Christi, they had some fast guys, but nothing ex- exceptional right there. Um, and New Mexico State, when they when UTEP played them the first time, I thought UTEP was in total control. And the team that we saw tonight defensively was not the same team we saw November twelfth. And uh, and you know credit to New Mexico State, they played uh, a hell of a game in this one. I I, re- I was impressed by Roy. Like who is that guy? <laughs> no kidding. It'll be interesting to see if they match up again uh, in, in the uh, in the next uh, Sun Bowl or whatever they get matched up again. We get round three. Um, I like the fact that Kent State is coming, but I would probably say Kent State would be the best team at that event. Yeah, like, I think they're, they're gonna. They're, they've got to be they're the favorites to win, right? Yeah, they're they're damn good. Um, so you know, like I said, I love what you're doing, Golden. But do me a favor, step that schedule up. If you're gonna if you're insisting in playing at El Paso, take Saul Ross and those teams off because they ain't gonna help you win games later. You got to play real teams, Golden. And if you can't get them to come to EP, I understand it. Get your butt on that private jet and go play anybody and everybody like Izzo does because that'll help prepare you for the long run. But you gotta you gotta turn that strength of schedule around. You can't have such a poor strength of schedule like UTEP does. I think it's like two twenty eight and then be so far down and adjusted offensive rating. Like it's just those two things are gonna kill you come March when you need to play your best basketball if you haven't played real people and now you're like oh what do we do because they're not bothered by our pressure because they're used to you know getting their shots off and getting getting their flow. So good good job tonight, Miners. Uh, still love you guys, still with you, not going to throw you under the bus or anything, but, um, yeah, we got, I think now we're seeing, right, like what year two looks like. Yeah, <laughs> reality's setting in, reality's setting reality in, Ronnie. definitely setting in, 100%. Yep. I appreciate the phone call, my friend. You take care. You have a great night. Uh, great phone call as always. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Andrew, who's been patiently waiting as well. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of waiting here on Minor Talk, so I appreciate everybody waiting. Uh, if you've been waiting to try to get in, we've been having full lines right now. We just opened up a line, 915-505-6009. Andrew's next on the phones. Andrew, what's going on? What's good, Adrian? Uh, nothing. I was at the game tonight. You know, I do got to agree with the other callers. Uh the crowd is just different, man. It's just a whole different ballgame out there. Okay, so explain um, it because we've had a couple people try to explain it. Explain it to me. What What's different? Yeah, so uh, some of the b- biggest examples I saw was, man, they were on their feet. They were on their feet. They were loud uh, the whole game. They were talking. Um, I remember going to the, the uh, NMSU UTEP for the first game this year, and uh, um, I remember being frustrated because people were just sitting. You know, we went on runs. Uh, it's we more tense, right? And, Would you agree it's more tense? Yeah. Yeah, it's more tense. It's more like we don't want to make a mistake other than, like, we're excited to be there. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, but uh, but I do want to say uh, some pushback on Shamar. Look, I love it. Um, if my point guard is giving me eight assists with two turnovers, 
I'll take it. Uh, he'll start making some shots. I know he will. Um, it's a tough game. It's really hard when our best big man who dominated NMSU on the first game is in foul trouble that early. Um, what did he play? 16 minutes, I think. Yeah, it was, um, it was something could, pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can never get in the rhythm. Uh, you know, that's just not going to help. Um, so, you know, we'll work on those things, and I think we'll be all right. And the uh, good thing is we could hopefully see them again at the, the Don Haskins Invitational. So hopefully get some payback here in, uh, here at the Don. Hey, great phone call, Andrew. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for chiming in. Next time you want to talk some UTEP hoops, give us a call, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, everything you do. I love mine and talk. Hey, I appreciate that, Andrew. We, we, uh, we appreciate you a lot here on the show. We always like to hear things like that. Uh, let's keep it moving. We got a, a new caller on. Coach, is this really what it is? Turnuppy? Is that, is that what we're saying right yeah, here, Sal? Yeah, Coach Turnuppy. All right, Coach and, Turnipy. And I apologize because I, I thought they said Coach Turnip season at first, but then the call dropped, so I had a chance to correct it. But, uh, yeah, Coach Turnipy, that's the name. Coach Turnipy. Hey, Coach, thanks for calling in on the show. What's going on tonight? All right, Aza, I don't know how you're dealing with these calls, but the first thing I want to say that if a minor is pissed off, Adrian, can you ask him, did you go to the game? It was no orange up there tonight. Wow. So, wow. So you got to understand, we, we had it back to um, we had it back to 915, but it was no orange in that place tonight. What happened? All, what happened? I don't know where the UTEP fans was at, but uh, that's the first thing. So they can't be frustrated because they didn't even go support UTEP. So if UTEP is playing bad, thanks to the minor fans. Now, the second thing I want to say is what Golden is doing is, he has an all-dominant guards where they shoot nothing but threes, but they don't have no confidence in the big man. So the problem with UTEP is, is they're not established in the post game. They they shooting too many threes and they're not making the threes. So once Golden figures out the post game, UTEP will be all right. You know the the post game was okay in the Jim Forbes Classic, Coach. I thought that tonight it was just was non-existent. Zarek Onyema, sixteen minutes off the bench. Uh, no, 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 in a starting role, and then Kevin Kalu, thirteen minutes off the bench. Both those players combined to score four points. They need to get better production from their bigs. Calvin Solomon led their bigs with seven points, but that's uncharacteristic from him because he's somebody who can score double figures for this team. Yeah, but but I, what I, what I noticed the the guards is they, they're shooting that three ball. They're not looking at the post. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they, and then they kind of had to jack it up, and they were kind of playing from behind, so they were kind of you know trying to hit the the desperate shots. And I was also telling that to Sal is like it, during the middle of the game, I was saying, why don't you try to wear out more possessions? Or like a couple callers said earlier, go after some of those guys like Pinson and uh, Avery and guys like you know who are beating you like Roy and stuff like that. Be, go after those guys. And and the one thing I want to say about uh, New Mexico State guards is that coach. He, he has entertaining guards. They're going to go out there and put on a show and get the bucket. He's got to get a better blazer, and, though, and right, Coach? Handled. He's got to get a better blazer. Come on. Yes. But the one thing I want to say about State is they have – it's like it's a one-on-one offense, and, and they just go get the bucket. They're, they've got some talent. They are, they are yeah, so talented. Yeah, yeah. So I, we, we got to give State applause because, you, you know, they're going to be coming to the Conference USA next year, so – we got we got to give them they dues, but I, I I like the I like the matchup and it's like UTEP got to really start getting a post. They got to give the post some shine now, because we already see what the guards to do for UTEP. But that, we need to see true. the post get more touches. So that's that's what I have to say. But when Goldie makes that decision, uh, UTEP is going to be all right. But when the fans they need to get on the road and support their team. I'm with you, coach. That's a good point. Good yeah, point. Because hey. I think 
UTEP playing in that loud uh, arena, we didn't see no orange to, to uh, combat that. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, Coach. Hey, I I appreciate the phone call, Coach. Really appreciate you giving us a call. Hey, do me a favor. Next time you want to talk some UTEP hoops, give us a call, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's definitely do it. <laughs> we'll do that again, uh, Coach. Really appreciate uh, awesome. your call here on the show. Uh, Sal, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, that's a really good point. And, and this kind of strings along from some calls that we heard earlier, right, about how that atmosphere is just different in Las Cruces. And I'll, I'll kind of just take it back to what we said earlier, too. It's it's a lot of that sustained success over the last decade plus or whatever. Like, UTEP has had some competitive teams, but they haven't had that really, really good team where you look at New Mexico State and, I mean, yeah, they, they didn't win a tournament game, but they had this guy named Pascal Siakam. He was amazing over there. You have... I'm trying to remember the um, the name of the player. His his sister played here at UTEP. Um, the he, he's a Aggie. He's a Las Cruces guy, and he's on the staff now. Uh, I'll come up with the name right now. But he remained as a grad assistant, or, or he's on that coaching staff too. So there's just more pride and more retention when it comes to that that Aggie tradition, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure who you're referring to. So maybe, is it McNair? Maybe maybe McCants? Are we Johnny McCants? McCants. There right. we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dejiana, his sister played at UTEP. There okay. The life the lifer the Aggie lifer. Yeah. Uh, our telephone. Phone number 915-505-6009. We just freed up a phone line if you'd like to weigh in on the show. Uh, give us some time. Give us Be patient. Try to get in on the show. We've had uh, full phone lines for a while. So uh, give us a call, 915-505-6009. We got Mike and Hunter on deck, but let's first go to Twitter. We're waiting on uh, – we got, we got a lot of tweets to get to. First off, this is Adrian who's checking in. Let's see. Let's address the elephant in the room. The Aggies are about to join our conference, and they are ahead of us in football and basketball. Hashtag minor talk. Wow. Ready to have that conversation, Sal? Uh, no, because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, he's not wrong. Jerry Kill's a good coach. Uh, Greg Heyer seems like a solid hire for Mario Mocha, no pun intended. Uh, but I will say this, those, those uh, guards that they have, uh, pretty amazing. Washington's good. Um, loved what we saw from, um, you know, uh, from Pinson, of course. Uh, Avery Roy comes in. I, he didn't even really play the last game. 23 points, fouls out. Uh, they've got some good guards out there at New Mexico State. Uh, El Paso Visuals Deportivos tweets the show. Whenever I play basketball and I have some big dudes that are great rebounders, I jack up threes too. <laughs> Maybe that's why the Miners shoot so many threes, question mark. Uh, I don't know why that made me laugh. That just that kind of made me laugh right there. Maybe it's because I've seen Ivan play some hoops before. He's a good he's a good hooper. I, I'm just laughing for for no reason. Let's go to Mike and Austin, who's joining us next on the show. Uh, NMSU defeats UTEP 95-70. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Mike, good evening, my friend. What's going on? How goes your brother? Oh, it's, um, we're we're all good over here, Mike. What about you? Man, uh, twenty-five point loss—that's uh, nothing to um, to be happy about. Uh, I don't care, you know, how many games we played last week. Uh, the uh, team that's centered around defense doesn't uh, give up twenty-five. Um, but a couple of takes. Number one, I think it was Robert or Roberto or um, Adam who talked about earlier the um, UTEP not seeing the NMSU-UTEP game as a rivalry, I agree with that. Um, wow. That is, uh, for some reason, I I think that uh, minor fans see UTSA, North Texas, Rice, they see that as more of a rivalry game than they see NMSU. Now, I think that will all change next year when NMSU is in 
Conference USA, but I think that there's a mentality that um, amongst UTEP athletics that we're just better than them. Even though records would bear out differently, I think that it just, there's just this gut sense that it's just NMSU. Well, well, and, think about it this way, and, and I and I'm just going to stop you real quick, Mike, because I don't disagree with what you're saying. I will say it's kind of like how UNM views UTEP, right? U, UNM kind of thinks they're way better than UTEP. I know it's not as big of a rivalry right there, but it's kind of how they in the Mountain West look down on UTEP in the Conference USA, and how the Miners subsequently look down on NMSU for being independent or in the WAC absolutely. in basketball. Absolutely. We, we can go back to the, the Boise game that UTEP saw Boise State as a uh, more of a, a challenge. And, and so the fans come out and everybody's up for the Boise game than when New Mexico State comes. Again, I think that'll change next year when they're in conference and everything is off the table. Now, the other thing is, the other take is what Ronnie had to say. Um, I I was a little bit indifferent with what he had to say, but I agree with him, and I didn't agree with him until I heard what he had to say about um, Gavant. Uh, that I, the numbers do not bear out, and our point guard needs to be better than that. But the one person that I don't think anybody's talking about is Onyema. He is not a starter. Until he can fix his mental game and – not he just needs to be smarter about the game. We cannot have our lethal big man scoring two points in a game when we get blown out by 25. That's a problem. And I don't know what the answer is, but Onyema is not it. He needs to freaking not start, in my opinion, until he can get his game together and feel the pressure from other people on the bench starting in front of him. That's what I got. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I'll I'll disagree on the Onyema thing, and it's only because I've heard uh, this repeatedly. And and number one, well, number two, the fact that uh, UTEP doesn't really have another option unless they really want to go small, have Calvin Solomon and Jamari Sibley kind of share the 4-4 role and uh, really try to expand on your guard play. But what I've been told is that Zarek Onyema and Kevin Kalu just need more minutes. Uh, They didn't get those minutes tonight because they were in foul trouble, because they made careless mistakes. Stakes and those guys have to be better. You know, one of the first things that Golding said in his post game was that uh, he's got to coach the whole coaching staff's got to coach Z better. They've got to coach him to not have those ticky tack fouls. He went from having zero fouls, I, I believe, yeah. like in the first seven to nine minutes, to having two in like within a minute, and that can't happen if you're Zarek Onyema. And he's so he has to be somebody that this team can rely on both offensively. By the way, he missed like a bunny. He had easily down low instead of. Uh, just laying it up easily, he could have. Uh, he tried to dunk it, and it was some kind of weird like rim check that he had. Uh, I, I just want to see a little bit better from him, but at the same time, he just needs more play. Like you can criticize him, you could say that uh, Zarek Onyema needs to be better. He just needs more action. We've seen it. We've seen that in a starting role, he has proved that he can be a, a solid player. He did it the last New Mexico State game around. So I'm not ready to write him off as a starter. He just needs more playing time, and he needs to be coached uh, a little bit harder uh sometimes in stretches when he when he has some uh you know errors on, on the floor 
And if there are mental errors, maybe it's some of those those fouls that are called. I mean, if if you're getting called for that consistently, what whether it's right or wrong, right? Presence of mind would say, hey, just don't be in that position again. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but there has been a lot more production from from Onyama this year because he's been on the floor. And whenever you see that lack of production, it's likely due to the game changing and him having a hard time adjusting it because he can't be as aggressive as um as he should be when he's affected. I just think it's too early to say that to say that he he should be you know benched or or not a starter. I think it's too early. Uh, let's go to Hunter next on the phones. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six. Zero zero nine Hunter, you had to watch this one. It was an absolute blowout in favor of the Aggies, 95-70. Uh, your thoughts after this game? Oh, man, first of all, how are you guys doing today? Uh, Hunter, we're doing great, man. Um, you know, we're we're, uh, we're powering through, coming off a busy week last week, off a bowl lot, a bowl berth that was uh, was ripped apart off a twenty four nothing blown lead. We could consider uh, it a bowl loss. It's yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> that was UTEP's bowl game right there. Meanwhile, uh, New Mexico State might find themselves in a bowl game. How are you, Hunter? That's a long winded answer of saying uh, we're okay. How are you, my friend? You know, maybe the basketball team spent too much time with the football team over the weekend or something. They picked up something. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I hear you. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's one game. Just like uh, if a team wins one game, they, they, let's not crown them champions. Uh, they, they got they got whooped up pretty good. You know, there's no denying it. It's one game. You know, it's a long season. The season's not made up of one game. So, you know, let, let's not panic. Yeah, uh, the people the, the, are pre- pressing the panic button. It's like, come on, man. It's one game. Uh, and then secondly, I think it's hilarious that everybody brings up all these secondary issues like the crowd or Animus, you know, really plays up for this game. Why? They've dominated UTEP for 10 years. They have much bigger games than UTEP on their schedule. They play bigger games. They go to the NCAA tournament. They don't get up for this game more than UTEP does. They're just a better team than UTEP. That it's simple as that. It has nothing to do with, oh, man, they treat it like a rivalry, and it, it's a big game, and they get up. It, they, they actually go and perform. That's the only difference. They, they play much larger, more important games, more impactful games than UTEP every year. They're just better. It has nothing to do with that. And then people want to say that the atmosphere over there is better. It's different, and it feels different because, for us, it's a road game, and it's the only one we travel to, really. And it's the only time that our fans are in a different arena. So we think, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. It's much harder than ours. No, it's not. It, 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 there's no difference. The, the slight difference is that everybody's a little closer to the court. The students are closer to the court, so it seems louder. It seems more hostile. There's more students. But the, the crowd's no better than the crowd was with the 12,000 fans here. Same thing. So what it came down to today, and Golding said it, he didn't have them prepared. And, and that, that was the biggest disappointment was this one's on him. I think it's the first game that we can look at during the Joe Golding era that was on him, and uh, and that's because they came out flat and unprepared. They're they're not going to win any games where the other team scores over 80 points. Their offense was the same offense that it'll always be. It was average, and they got their 70 or so points, and they, they just needed to defend better than the 70 or so points, and they didn't. So there, there was nothing different today besides the effort. Their defense relies a lot on, on rotations, on players hustling, being where they need to be, you know, covering for each other. And without that effort, they were slow on rotations. They, they were late getting to the help. 
and they were getting burned on those on, on, on some of the backdoor cuts, getting burned away from the ball and, and wide open shots and and the and three point line too. I mean, they they gave up a lot from the the three point line. They were just allowing were these open open, uh, open passes because they weren't rotating. Because NMSU would move the ball and they would be slow on it because they 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 weren't into the game. That was the only difference. And then one thing that they they, they have zero clue how to attack a zone. It, it's almost like every game now, it's the first time they've seen it. They don't know how to play against the zone. And you don't do it by standing around. You don't do it by dribbling. And it's not really a screen that you use to attack a zone. Uh, that, that, that's not what's going to do it. You pass the ball. They need to get that ball to the middle, and they need to have a decisive person playing in that middle that will either the defense will collapse from somewhere. So either they collapse from down low we got a guy cutting down to the basket. They'll collapse from up top. they got to dish it out up top, or they don't collapse, and they got to take it to the hoop. But you don't beat that by jacking up threes because that's what that defense is intended to uh, have happen. So they, they, it's like they, they, this foreign uh, idea to them. So if I was scouting UTEP, I'd say, okay, we're playing a 2-3 the whole game, and we're going to beat them. So Goldie's got to do a better job, get them more prepared, have them ready to play, have that intensity going. There was no, they played flat for 30 minutes and then they said, okay, now let's play. And that's when they went on that run and you could see it. They, they, I don't I, That's the first time in the golden era that I've seen that. It's, that's the only disappointment, but it's one game. They'll be there to play. They'll score their points in their seventies and hopefully they can keep the other teams in the sixties. And that's the only way they're going to be winning games. This year. Uh, looking a little ahead, uh, Hunter, if they lose to both DePaul and, and La Tech, do you feel a little different about this team? That's back-to-back weekends, by the way. Uh, next Saturday, DePaul. Uh, following Saturday, La Tech. No. Uh, they're both going to be – it should be a battle. It should be hard fought. Uh, I, I don't see UTEP getting blown out like this again. Uh, I think Ronnie said it earlier. Uh, and MSU has men. I mean, they're, they're ballers. They, they, they got the talent. They're a legit, talented team. You know, the only thing we can hang our hats on over here is we should be better coached than we weren't today. That's what was exposed. So, no, they're going to be UTEP, and they should go out and defend at a high level. They should go out and play with intensity. And, and I really think they'll be in the game at DePaul because they tend to play up to their opponents, just like they played up to Texas. Uh, I believe uh, Frazier will get more playing time, and, and it'll be okay. Maybe they lose both games, but they'll be battling both games. And they'll get better. You know, what I'll be disappointed in is, the, you know, these other teams scout them, they play a zone, and they still have no clue how to attack. That'll be the only disappointment to me. Other than that, they're going to battle. Nobody hit the panic button. It was one bad game. Everybody's allowed to have a bad game. And let's see how they come back. Okay. All right, Hunter. Hey, you have a great evening, man. Appreciate the phone call. You take care, all right? Take care, guys. All right, Hunter joining us next on the phone line as we continue uh, here on Minor Talk. NMSU beating UTEP 95-70. Brought up some really good points there, Sal. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, some some really, really good points about the uh, the zone defense. Something that popped into my mind is, you know how there's that saying, you give up one uh, good shot to get a great shot? Well, when New Mexico State was playing the zone defense today, it's like they gave up a pass lane to take advantage of of uh, of another pass lane, or or give up one player to take advantage of another when it came to the ball movement. Because there were there were passes that could that they could have jumped on to be extra aggressive, and those are those fifty fifty scenarios. 
But it's like they were confident in letting UTEP move the ball around because wherever the ball was going, they were going to be in position to make a play. And that's why they forced as many turnovers as they did. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely there, Sal. I think the 2-3 zone, like Hunter said, if I'm a team scouting UTEP, I'm doing that. If UTEP's jacking up threes, I'm feeling really good about myself. And that's probably what NMSU thought in this game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I know we had uh, lost a couple people. We had Sarah, who was on the line. We had a couple others who were trying to wade in and get on the show. Uh, if you want to get in, now is definitely the time to do so. 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Uh, let's keep it moving on Twitter real quick. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Adrian tweets the show. UTEP looked tired on offense. It seems like they spend so much energy on defense that they don't have the legs to score on offense. Uh, Joe Chacon tweeting the show. Regroup. Oh, wait, wait, no, he has a long one. Okay, yes, I'm with Jeff on this one. Free throws and no long-range throwers and silly fouls hurt. This team has been all about the hustle, and the hustle seemed to lack, and the hustle overcame those woes for the other last games. Uh, Need to regroup, they need to watch film, and practice, practice, practice. Let's get this. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag minor ink crew. Hashtag still waiting for Sal's minor ink picks. (laughs) Maybe I I just shouldn't post it up just to keep it running. Yeah, I like that. I'll put it up. I'm sorry, No, don't put it up. I I like this. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. I'll, I'll put it up. If um if there's a rematch, you know the rubber match rather, yes, and the miners get that W. Okay, I like that. Good stuff, Sal. Uh, <laughs> this coming in from Ruben Ramirez. What's worse, losing to New Mexico State in Las Cruces or losing the tournament here at home? Asking for a friend. Hashtag rubber match. Um, definitely. Uh, Worse is losing the tournament. So winning the tournament would be way better. So good point there, Ruben. Um, If you're looking ahead to the tournament, that's the only one that really matters uh, for the Miners being NMSU in that one. You know what? I disagree. Oh, you wanted UTEP to win in the Pan Am. If they win in the Pan Am, that's something that hasn't happened in over 10 years. And at that point, they're 2-0. And if they drop that third game, you're still two and one in that series. Where that's true, you, you know what I mean. It, now it's still a big game. Don't get me wrong. That that second win is the most important uh, for either of these teams, assuming they get to that point. But yeah, that, I, I gotta switch it up. Yeah, well, I, I see what you're saying. You gotta win in the Pan Am. You gotta prove that you can take that next step. So I see where you're going with that. Uh, Jonathan Byers tweets the show. I don't think UTEP is the better team. It seems like all UTEP has is Frazier, Solomon, McKinney, and Hardy. Without Solomon. Or Frazier, I don't see them being competitive coming from Jonathan Byers. Um, uh, I disagree with you as far as all they have. I, I do feel like they have more. Uh, more. I, I do feel like more. Uh, they, they have uh, more than just that. Let's keep it moving. Eric Fournier tweets the show. Just got home from the game. We can play NMSU 10 more times and they'll win 9 out of 10. Very disappointed with this loss and the crowd wasn't a factor and neither were the refs. Uh, let's keep it moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, I like how, how uh, Hunter and Eric kind of cut through uh, all the di- excuses out there, the disappointment with uh, the crowd, the disappointment with the the uh, refs, all that kind of stuff. I like how they cut through that and did not like those excuses, so they called that out. Um, 
more more from Jonathan Byers. Um, they double-teamed us a lot down low in the post. That was a good game plan. Limiting UTEP to three-point shots is what you want. That's exactly what you want. You're right. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez. Um, totally disagree with the caller about Onyema. He has been shooting effectively from the field and rebounding well, and suddenly one bad game means that he shouldn't start? Give him a chance. Uh, I'm with you, I'm with you, Francisco. Come on, Mike, give him a chance. Uh, the Aggies proved what I've been saying all along, talent trumps coaching. That's coming from Adrian at Enemy Win 3. So he believes the talent with NMSU will uh, will take over all of what everybody else says. Um Let's see. Uh, this coming in from this coming in from Mineta. What's with Steve blaming the players for tonight's NMSU loss? Um, Steve didn't blame the players. He was blaming the offense and defense. Uh, Mineta. He didn't. He wasn't blaming the players. Um, this coming in. This. Uh, let's see. Uh, this coming in from Rob. What team does UTEP Athletics get up for? North Texas, UTSA, NMSU. As of right now, UTEP has no rival. Hashtag minor talk. Wow. Uh, I. The rivals New Mexico State, but it's clear who's louder. Yeah, I guess that's it. If, if we want to put it that way, and it's and I'll say this again, it's because they have that they have those wins spanning over a decade in the Pan Am Center. They've owned the series, and um, in football, it's not like it was previously where the miners were were getting win after win after win after win. New Mexico State is trending upward right now too, so there's a lot to cheer for on the Aggie side. Um, and then also too, if we can kind of switch it away from UTEP when it comes to New Mexico State. They basically drown out Grand Canyon. They drown out other uh, teams that want to make it a rivalry, but they don't. They don't allow that. But for them to still give UTEP that type of attention, you know, says a lot about about how they feel. Whereas with UTEP, that energy isn't really matched. Yeah, and they're so passionate about college basketball, just period. So Big time, yeah. that's a, that's another thing. Hey, uh, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. Woo, we've been going through the show. We, we haven't taken a break. Let's pause ten sec- seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar IDF Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, we're back. Minor Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter is where you can tweet the show. You can also tweet us 600 ESPN El Paso uh, and then uh, give us a call at 915-505-6009. Kingsley Onyema tweets the show. Sad to lose this big game tonight. Miners need to regroup and get back at it. Refs made some silly foul calls early, but we must overcome such setbacks. Miners will bounce back. Hashtag Minor Talk. Hashtag Rise Up 915. Uh, coming from Kingsley Onyema. I think he was at the game, too. I, I'm not sure, but I'm not too, too sure about that, but I think he was. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, it seems like we're kind of winding things down here on the show. Uh, we'll be right back at it. Saturday edition, it's northern New Mexico. Um, not going to be a lot to talk about after that one. I yeah. think we're going to be really previewing the DePaul game. Probably wrap that one a little short, uh, just knowing you know it's northern New Mexico. Expect a big win for the Miners. Expect everybody to play. Uh, I want to see how UTEP bounces back into Paul. That's the one I've already circled, Sal. I'm ready to go for next Saturday. Yeah, you know, Northern New Mexico on Saturday. I know that that's the next game coming up. You ask Coach Golding, he'll say the next game is the biggest game. But going into this game um, on the radio show yesterday, they asked him about Northern New Mexico, and he's like, I, I have no idea. I've been too busy prepping for for the Aggies. So um, he'll get his film ready for Northern New Mexico. But after that, it's all DePaul. So uh, I, I don't want to say to overlook Northern New Mexico, but 
definitely expect to win, if that makes any sense, because you still got to go into that DePaul game healthy, and you want to be playing well going into that game in, um, in what should be a tune-up. Uh, speaking of healthy, let's continue to talk more of the injury stuff and, and just players out. Uh, so far right now, um, uh, Jonathan Dos Anjos is supposed to be back soon, sometime soon, according to, to Coach Golding. He worked uh, with uh, contact uh, five-on-five this past week, so maybe they get him back soon. Uh, Otis Frazier just not not looking himself right now. He's He's got to work himself back from this injury he suffered. Uh, that's a huge loss. People don't understand that. He was a guy who averaged almost uh, over double digits for them, and they're just not getting that production right now simply because he's working his way back from injury. Uh, Otis Frazier, I feel for him, man. I, I want him to do better, and it's just a, a tough go-around for him. He put a... He, he put a zero tonight. He didn't have a, a point, but he only had one shot attempt in seven minutes. Uh, and so what what can you really take from that right there? Not much. Uh, the last one, Malik Zachary, um, you know, the coaching staff sent their thoughts and prayers to him. There's nothing wrong. Like, understand that he did nothing wrong here um, What and what's going on. He is away from the team right now, needed some personal time, and Golding confirms that they expect him back soon. So uh, as soon as, you know, when that will be, we don't know, but we do know that he will be back. So, And he's still obviously on the team. Uh, if anybody wants to chime in with a, a final call here or there, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the show. It's 915-505-6009. Uh, let's uh, wrap things up, Sal. Let's start talking about our, um, our win supply El Paso hot hand of the game. I know it's tough. I know it's a blowout loss, but uh, where where we where do you think we should go on this one? Our hot hand of the game award. You got Tay Hardy with twenty four points. You have Mario McKinney with twenty two, and the other the closest one to them is Shamar Givens with nine points and eight assists. It, it's tough, right? And it's uh, I think we know who it's a toss up between when it comes to Hardy and McKinney. Um, it's just do you value one of six from three point range more or two for eight? Do you value eight for eight from the line more or seven for ten? However the player who's shooting better had two more turnovers and also two more fouls but I think when it comes down to it um, I think Mario McKinney Okay, Mario McKinney going to win our Hot Hand Award tonight, and that's uh, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. You can rely on Wind Supply El Paso. They've got 50 years of serving El Paso. Choose a trustworthy HVAC system supplier here in El Paso, like Wind Supply of El Paso. Give them a call, 915-859-3817. That's 915-859-3817, or go online to windsupplyelpaso.com to learn more. As far as our player of the game, let's stick with Mario McKinney off this one. 22 points, 7 of 13 from the field. He had a three-pointer in this game, also totaled a steal along with seven rebounds and uh, three turnovers in 32 minutes of action. He was the most efficient player on the floor for the Miners at plus 18. Uh, Mario McKinney Jr. continues to show what he could do, and that is our Player of the Game Award brought to you by Keats Southwest. Uh, You can learn more about Keats Southwest online today. Uh, Just go online to their website, Keats M. FG.com. They lead the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. Get in touch with them online or, um, you know, request a quote online as well. Again, that's KeatsMFG.com. And that's uh, Keats Southwest, who brings us our Player of the Game Award. Turning the page, looking over to the next game, it's Northern New Mexico. We just talked about that one. We're looking forward to December 10th, DePaul 
uh, December 17th, Louisiana Tech, and then the Sun Bowl Invitational when UTEP has a chance to possibly play uh, New Mexico State for the rubber match after their game against North Carolina A&T. Assuming they win, assuming that UT- uh, that NMSU also beats Kent State, and uh, I know a lot can happen between now and then, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. A couple late tweets to get to, then we're wrapping things up. Jonathan Byers on the show. I can't wait for Jonathan Dos Anjos to come back. He might be just what we need. Um, also tweeting the show is Joe Chacon. Goodness, people. Being 5-2 and two and saying the sky is falling is crazy. If this was a Terry team... We would know why, but Coach Joe Golding is invested with this team. Talk to me in March when when we are still playing. Hashtag bet is on, Sal. Hashtag minor ink crew. Bring it on, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap things up for us here on the show. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broaddus. It was a great night. Talking UTEP hoops. New Mexico State dominates UTEP 95-70. We'll be back at it Saturday for with more Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.